Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah is brought to you by Fuedobots. If you're not familiar, Fuedobots is a hot sauce of the month club. They bring small batch and craft hot sauces that you've probably never heard of to your doorstep every 30 days, every 60 days, or every 90 days. It's your choice. They've got sauces from the Deep South, Mexico, and even the Caribbean available to purchase right now. Guys, they even sell a spicy honey. You can shop by spiciness level, pepper type, and they even have gluten-free and low-sodium options. Go to Fuedobots.com and use the code BROBIBLE10 for $10 off your first subscription order. What's behind door number two, all right? Door number two is a list. What list? James Cameron's list for Aqua Girl. Five of the hottest actresses on the planet. What's up, Entourage fans? J.R. Hickey here, host of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Podcast. We are recapping every episode of the acclaimed HBO dramedy Entourage every Monday morning, usually. This is the second to last week we're doing Wednesday mornings. Two weeks' time, we'll be back to our normal schedule. Game of Thrones is over, and we are chugging right along halfway through season two. We had a big episode last week, The Sundance Kids with film critic Vince Mancini. He has a love-hate relationship with the show, but it was a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to having different interesting personalities on the show as we continue on. On that note, if there's anything that you want to hear, if there's anyone that you want to hear on the pod, if there's any new segments that you think would be fun and interesting, send them my way. My personal handle is at it on Instagram and Twitter. The Entourage Music Playlist is live on Spotify. Go to the show notes of today's episode and subscribe. It's where we're putting all of our favorite songs from each episode. It is continuing to grow. I've heard it's the playlist of the summer. Nice, good, meaty episode this week with comedian and actor Mike Tamerlango. Hilarious dude. He makes hilarious videos. He was a member of MTV's Joking Off for four seasons. The guy's a pro. Loves Entourage. Don't worry. There is no Entourage slander on today's episode. We have a big episode next week as well when the boys go to Comic-Con. So looking forward to that. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. And I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Our guest this week is a writer and comedian who is a series regular on MTV's Joking Off. He was a finalist for the 2018 True TV Comedic Breakout Competition, and his work has appeared all over the television and internet, from ESPN to MTV to Comedy Central to BroBible.com. His comedy pilot, 12 Beers, was an official selection in the 2018 New York Television Festival. Dialing in from New York City, Mike Tamerlando, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Look excited to be here mike before we get started we love to ask our guests their experience with entourage when did you pick up the show what was your you know week to week viewing of it like uh, where, where did it enter your life so i was watching it like when it came out i mean i was in college 2004 maybe right that's when it started 2004 yep yeah so i remember we used to we used to all get together and watch it so i was watching it live and then i feel like i came back around on it years later just just from being on hbo just kind of running through the series again and then you know since that time just hitting up an episode here or there it's just one of those shows i kind of always go back to i don't know whether it's a guilty pleasure or i just love checking back in with it but you know the boys are still killing it (laughs) (laughs) it's a time capsule to a nice time when there wasn't a ton of social media you know politics don't really dominate the show it's just a couple of bros having fun in hollywood running around living a fanciful life i know i couldn't imagine i mean i'm sure we'll get to one of these topics but like the 
how this would be different if they all had cell phones and, and were doing social media and all that. I mean, the amount of dick pics Vinny Chase would have sent people would have been troubling, probably. Very, very, he probably wouldn't have been very good at it either. Yeah, no way. He would have had E doing it for him. So <laughs> The whole show would just be E handing out NDAs to girls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you yeah, you're going to sign this. <laughs> oh, Tur- Turtle would definitely do that. That's Turtle's job. <laughs> Well, great. We're talking about uh, episode eight of season two today, Oh Mandy. It aired on Sunday, July 24th, 2005. One of those episodes that, and we'll get into this, that still kind of flies under the radar. Obviously, the name kind of brings people back to the Mandy Moore plotline, but in revisiting it, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. But I think in... So this should just be called the Johnny Drama episode. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Drama just he carries this episode. He does. He and truly he, does. He really does. Like in, in throughout the series, he always is great and he has like his moments here and there. But this is like he's front and center in this whole episode. He's got a whole kind of arc in this episode and he's great in it. That in a lot of like the lines I wrote down, I was like, This is a great moment, this is a great moment. It's mostly Johnny, which was funny. I mean, it's you always think of him as a great character, but he really does carry it. Honestly, this episode and the next episode, which uh, we're doing next week, which is when the boys go to Tomaton and drama's kind of the front and center, like, star of Tomaton. So this Mm -hmm. is a peak for Kevin Dillon and Johnny Drama. I mean, he was nominated for an Emmy for this role. I think it was this season and the next season. So we're kind of, we're ramping up to, like, his peak comedic performance here, which is great to see. Yeah, he's great in it. So before we dive in, I'd like to take people back a little time capsule. This aired on Sunday, July 24th, 2005. The next day, that same week, on Monday, July 25th, the second season of MTV's reality drama Laguna Beach, The Real Orange Townie, premiered. Laguna Beach was a series that gave viewers and insiders looked at the lives, loves, friendships, and heartaches of eight high school juniors and seniors living in the ritzy seaside town south of Los Angeles. This show was number one overall in its time period. It reached over 65 million viewers. That's nuts. That is so nuts. And the people on that show were probably getting like 800 bucks an episode. You know what I mean? Like they were not, that's, that's why. I mean, was that before or after the OC? So this was right after the OC premiere. This was MTV capitalizing on the popularity of Fox's like original drama, The OC. Which I mean, I have a softness for these old shows. I love that show too, man. If you want to, if you want to dive down that at another time, we will. <laughs> yeah, in two years when I finish this episode, we'll do a rewatch of yeah. that. I I have a soft spot because my wife is from Newport Beach, which is in Orange County. Yeah. And so I've frequented this area and this these people's lives, and mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely another world down which there. Which they they actually they mention uh, Josh Josh Schwartz in. This episode of Entourage, the creator of the OC. Where are you running to? Well, uh, it's a day of beauty for me. This afternoon, I'm going in front of the cameras. What are you doing, our agency yearbook photos? Actually, I made a little list of my own. Faded Magazine's Top 40 Under 40, sandwiched in between the OC's creator, Josh Schwartz, and Miramax's Mara poster at number nine, is yours truly. Great catch, Mike. We're already chugging right along. My ears perk up when I hear the creator of the OC's name, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who, who doesn't? Who Whose doesn't? ears don't? <laughs> So really quickly to synopsis this episode, Jessica Alba lets the boys stay at her Malibu estate while she's out of the country, 
much to Johnny Drama's chagrin. And now that Vince is officially slated to star in Aquaman, the next order of business is to choose his Aqua Girl for the film. Several A-list actresses are up for the role, with Mandy Moore, a former flame of Vince's, on the shortlist. Vince doesn't think casting his ex would be problematic, but after having dinner with her and learning that she's engaged to be married, he asks Eric to keep her out of the film. Johnny Drama endures a difficult audition and a bout of road rage, but ends up landing a great role. Mike, what was your favorite moment from this episode? I mean, it had to be just a couple of, a few things drama did. I mean, when he gets, maybe it's just because of my life of running around auditioning for things. Like when he gets into the audition room and he sees the guy on his phone who he previously flipped out on, right? That, that yep. already happened. Yep. And he just gives that look and he just sighs to himself. I just, oh my God, I could feel the rage inside him. I thought it was so great. Let's try and not have another incident like last year, huh, John? Dodell, and, yeah, and yeah. the guy on his phone is Steve Levinson, the producer of Entourage. Oh. So that whole crew in that room. Larry Charles is in there, too. Larry Charles, correct. Sheila Jaffe. Like yeah. These are actual people that cast, write, and direct and produce the show. Yeah. So a nice touch. And, and, and another one that uh, came out on, on this that I really liked was when, after he's at the audition, when he's driving and the guy behind him is like <laughs> in that butt of road rage, and he pulls up next to him. He's like, hey, dude, chill out. And drama just like... I could just see he just like loses his shit and he's like, oh, dude! Like it's like it's like the biggest like guttural reaction where it's like you revert to like being a ten year old where all you can say is like, oh, fuck you, dude! Like it just made me laugh so hard. You really find it necessary to drive up my ass? Fuck you, dude! Dude, you believe this guy? Fucking locals! Fuck you, county! I, I mean, his back and forth when they like pull over to the side of the road, turtles yeah. like. Come on! Why are we picking a fight with Point Break? Let's get out of here! Why don't you do yourself a favor, tough guy? Get back in your car before someone gets hurt. What, you on TV or something before? Yeah, I was. Yeah, like 20 fucking years ago. Go do it, man. <laughs> the guy spits on, his, on the hood of his car. Yeah. Oh my he insulted, god. He insulted your career, man. Go do it. <laughs> Gotta do it. And then he books that role. It's interesting because, well, well so that was my favorite moment. We're, we're yeah. leading right into my favorite moment, which is just that whole exchange. The first, like, inkling of Johnny Drama's uh, trouble controlling his anger. Yeah. Everything about it, going ape shit on the townies, red PC cruiser. He's got the nine iron out of the trunk. Fucking face tonight! What are you doing my car? <laughs> it's it's perfect and this type of situation happens to him like three more times over the course of the series yeah, I mean, later on when they, you know, not to give away future episodes, but... <laughs> well, I, when... I would hope that people listening to this podcast <laughs> have seen future episodes of Entourage. Where he, he flips out when he's going for the, uh, what's his name, the, the Five Towns pilot, and yep. uh, he loses his Eddie shit. Eddie Burns. Eddie Burns, yeah, and he's like, I gotta get my shit together, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to counseling, whatever. And then he finds out he's, he books it, and Turtle's like, you still gonna go to counseling? He's like, ah, fuck that, I just booked the pilot. <laughs> Yeah, his, his character is, is great, and he's such, he's such a good actor in this show. 
Every week, we like to do a favorite bros being bros moment. This podcast is sponsored by BroBible.com. You and myself are both content creators for BroBible.com. So I like to think of bros being bros as just moments of real, like real guy moments where you can Mm. just sense that like, this is a real friendship. This could actually happen. But really, bros being bros is kind of up for interpretation. So what did you take bros being bros as, and, and what were your favorite moments from this episode? Uh, so I had a couple of those. First is uh, at the beginning when, after they get the big check, and uh, drama <laughs> drama tells everybody he's got a massage, and they're just like, no, you're not going to that. Like, we're going to Malibu. Malibu? I booked a massage. So cancel it. I'll have Turtle give you a rub down with some band of soleil. Ew. What the hell's in Malibu? Hey, Marcel, cancel my 11 o'clock deep tissue, please. Thank you. <laughs> and it's just like such a thing that would happen. Like if you if you had one guy being like, oh, I got to do this thing. And everyone else is like, dude, we really got to like, no, it can't happen. And he'd be like, all right, you're right. It can't. He's pissed, but he's going to go with them. He's outnumbered. That's yeah, how it works with guys. Right. This may be borderline sexist, but I feel like a group of four girls would wait around for the one girl to be done with her massage. And they would talk shit passive, <laughs> passive aggressively. Be like, oh, you had to get it today, didn't you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Really? How, how bad is your back hurting? How bad? Really? <laughs> yeah, you really need this? <laughs> Um, another, another one was the, when they had, when they got the list of actresses name, uh, mm-hmm. and they were, they were just like going through the names and like saying why they'd be great, why they wouldn't be. I just felt like a thing that you would do. Like if you got a list, you would be with your friends, be like, here, here's this person. And someone would say a reason. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not like turtles. Like, Oh, she has a boyfriend. They're like, so yep. what? <laughs> um, like, I just thought that was like a, a thing that was pretty legit. Like that a group of people would do. What do you guys think of Cameron Diaz for Aqua Girl? Love her. Fuck that. She got a boyfriend. Upside is you bang her. He gets pissed off. Downside is she's loyal. Who wants to make a movie with someone you have no shot at? He's got a point. Jennifer Garner. Love her. Boyfriend. Kirsten Dunst. She already fucked a superhero. She's single, though. Who else you got? Mandy Moore. You flinched, drama. Bullshit. I was reacting to Mandy Moore. Yeah, and the list is a good list. It's Cameron Diaz. I got a problem with the list. If you want to, oh, all right. What's 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 the issue? I don't know if this is. uh, Well, I I love Mandy Moore. I love her, but in 2005, I don't think she would be on this list. Oh, interesting. Well, I have I have something about that too. But let's hear it. Okay, keep going. Well, I'm just saying all the other all the other actors are like people who have been in like really big movies. Like at that point, Mandy Moore was in. Hey, I I walked to remember. Great flick. (laughs) <laughs> but other than that, I mean, she had some stuff here and there. She was like coming off her singing career. Again, great actress. I love her. Mandy, if you're listening, big fan. Um, <laughs> but I just, she, her name just kind of stood out as kind of an outlier. But I get it. I mean, they're they're working her into the show. So I don't know. No, I, I the only one I would call kind of BS on is Jennifer Gardner. Because Jennifer uh-huh. Gardner at that point had just been on Alias. She was never really a movie star. So. Right. Cameron Diaz, Kirsten Dunst, those are two A-list female actresses at yeah. the time in 2005. So maybe the list is two A-listers and two up-and-comers with Jennifer Who was the Garner. other one? Did they have five? It was just the those three and then Mandy Moore. Now that you said that, it does make more sense with Jennifer Gardner because they're kind of like le- – there's, like there's like levels to them now. Yep, exactly. That makes more sense. All right. And all I, right. Have a, I have a whole opinion on, on Mandy Moore that we'll get to when we talk about um, – best celebrities but i my favorite bros being bros moment was and this is more like an overall kind of vibe slash conversation is vince trying to convince his friends that he's over this girl yeah and all of the guys not buying it that is so fucked it like resonated for me so much because i've i've been that guy i've been around friends who are that guy 
who were like, wait, are you going back to your ex? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, dude, I haven't thought about her. Yeah. That was like five years ago. You know? Bottom line is if we want, we can get her off the movie. E, this has been like five years already. This is a stupid conversation. I haven't even thought about her till her name was mentioned this morning. You popped the trunk? It just, it's, it's very clearly like them all kind of panicking because she's very clearly the one who got away. And I mean, their lives are tied to Vince. So if he goes off the rails, their lives go off the rails. So. And that's why I guess it's like a, a tad frustrating as a viewer because you're like, it's clear by, and it's supposed to be clear that he's lying. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're just like, I'm just like yelling. At, I'm like, just, just say you want her off the movie. Like, just get her off the movie. Yep. And, you, you know, what can you do? You got to listen to him. But it's like one of those things where you're yelling at the screen because you know it's not going to work out. And they, they foreshadow it. You don't want Vince's head to get fucked up? Make sure Mandy Mortis will get this movie. Seriously, e, that will drown Aquaman. What? What do he do to her? To her? That's what she did to him. She crushed him, bro. Crushed him. Oh, come on. I've never seen Vince hurt over a girl. It got ugly. I mean, he was doing drive-bys to her house, late-night hang-ups. He made a mixtape. Bullshit. Nah, I swear, you remember that? You let it off with um, Tiny Dancer. Elton John? Yeah, him and Mandy saw Almost Famous like 20 times. Now I know you're fucking with me. Mandy Moore is Aquaman's kryptonite, bro. I've been that, like, heartbroken teen, and so have each and every one of my guy friends. And you watch someone spiral like that, and all you can kind of do is, like, brace yourself and hope they come out okay on the other end. Right. But this guy's got a fucking $100 million movie under his belt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I guess I had one more I wrote down. When when they're outside the supermarket and... Um, the uh, drama he's gonna let uh, Turtle get him because they're playing like that slap game yep. and right when he's like alright you can get me uh, E and Vince open the door at the same time just to look oh, like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like everyone's been kind of paying attention all day and then they're like oh it's happening now and they just like casually open to look I feel like that's a thing that's just like yeah your two idiot friends are doing this stupid ass game and you're barely paying attention but then when someone's gonna get it you're like yeah I'll, I'll watch you get your fucking knuckles bled alright do you owe me a flinch from before? All right, fine. Hurry up, get it over with. I only need one. <laughs> Love that shit. Just physical, random physical violence yeah. on friends is so funny to guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that's kind of universal amongst most men. What was your least favorite moment from this episode? I know we just talked about it, and I think it's a sen- like it's a part of the overall arc of the season. But just the whole Vince storyline in this episode, it's just it's kind of bo- uh, boring. It's a little boring yeah. in the sense that they keep hitting it, and you know, you you just kind of get it. You know what I mean? And so it's like when you're watching a necessary thing, like I get it, they're moving the plot along, but it's not necessarily the most entertaining thing. Like I, I would have rather watched drama find his way around Malibu for another five minutes oh yeah 100% I think the Mandy Moore dinner kind of sums it up like right it's supposed to be awkward and it makes you uncomfortable to watch but just the whole everything about it like the boys waiting in the car mm-hmm. him being so awkward him trying to like sound smart in front of her and like can you believe it's been five years no time is flying huh and you don't think it's strange we've never spoken well, we had an onset romance. These things don't last. Wow. Someone's gotten glib. Well, I've, I've glibbed with age. What can I say? And I know that's not a word. I wasn't going to correct you. 
Really? Yeah, okay, it was. But I realized that you were kidding. <laughs> They've got some some chemistry, which is good. I don't think they have, like, a, a total lack of chemistry, but I think we're supposed to feel awkward in Vince's shoes, and uh, it does a good job of that, which is why I think it's, like, my least favorite moment, is I just yeah. didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Gosh, this episode had so many good lines. I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I wrote down a bunch, and then I gave up at some point, because I tried to pause it and just write some down, because I was like, oh, that's too good. I got to remember that. When... When uh, in the beginning, when Ari's talking to uh, Vincent E, when he's giving him the check, five of the hottest actresses on the planet, one of which you will be stuck in a water tank with for nine months. Even if you look like our skim milk colored friend E here, you still have a good shot of swimming in between her legs. That was mine too. <laughs> yeah, and the best part of that line is that E doesn't even flinch. He just like is used to it. He's like, yeah, yeah. whatever. Like you know, I I'm getting shit on again. I mean, they just abuse each other all the time, which yeah. I love the. E and Ari dynamic, it's always been great. Like, uh -huh. it's it's a mutual ball busting, but a mutual respect, I think. Right. When they do a top 40 under four feet, boom, top of the list. <laughs> and then, like, a minute later, when they give, uh, they hand Turtle the, the check, and he goes, holy shit, <laughs> are we gonna go cash this? Like, he's, like, ready to go to, like, Bank of America right there and just cash it. Not even deposit it, just cash it. There's a line that Ari says uh, later on when he and, um, E are on the phone, and uh, Ari basically tells E, like, listen, Mandy Moore has moved to the top of the list. It's a line I've I've mentioned a few times over the course of the show as just kind of perfectly encapsulating the nature of E and Vince's relationship. Mm. Ari goes, Ah, scuba, sport normally reserved for the rich, but you get free lessons from a Navy SEAL because you happen to have been born next door to Vince. What's up, Ari? And that's perfect, because yeah. you don't... In this relationship on the show, like, it's true. Like, you were just born next door to royalty, and now your life is completely different than anybody else's. Yeah. And it's kind of the nature of that relationship. And it, and it gets brought up a few times by Ari early on, and I love that he calls it out. And then, yeah, when he's talking to him, I don't know if it's the same conversation or one of the other calls. It's just, it's kind of the same thing. He's, like, telling E, like, he doesn't give a shit about him. He goes, normally, I, I wouldn't care if you drowned, but I need an answer right away. <laughs> and it's like it's kind of funny it shows their relationship but also like the nature of this business is so like they don't really give a shit just like tell me what he needs to know you know what i mean yep. if i can if i can't talk to vince let me talk to vince through you that's the right. only reason you're important to me yeah um when they show up to the to the malibu house there's a party at 10 a.m on wednesday anyway i hope they have an omelet chef this place looks empty maybe people came by boat <laughs> just like and it's just the way he just delivers it is so good and you know that Drama's been to parties with omelet chefs and now yeah. just expects omelet chefs at every party. Yeah. Back in his Melrose Place days or whatever show he was in back in the old days. I love it. He's always mentioning random shows he was in. It's so good. Do you have any more quotes? Because there's I one got, that I want to spend some time on. Um, I got two more. Do it. So when, when Turtle says, uh, when Drama mentions Joe Montana, <laughs> and uh, Turtle just goes, Joe Montana's acting now? <laughs> and it's such a funny, it's like a line that if you, if like, I don't know, 100 people read it, 95 of them would be like, ah, oh, that's, maybe that's a corny line. It doesn't really work. But the way that Jerry Ferrara says it is like so excited and like earnest and he just fucking nails it. And it, it made me laugh so hard. And he just, it was so good. We talked about drama being the funniest part of the show, but Jerry Ferrara's performance is a close second on this yeah. like rewatch that I'm doing 10 years after the fact. He is, his timing is perfect. His inflection, everything about it. He plays the role perfectly. He's also the most, um, I don't want to say normal, but like if you really did, if you plucked like, you know, four, four dudes from Queens and he's like, I don't know how old he is in the beginning, how old he's supposed to be, 25? 
He's supposed to be really young, like 25, because he he celebrates his 30th birthday in like four or five seasons when he's dating Jamie Lynn Siegler. Right. So he feels like the most like off the cuff, most natural, and and that's what makes a lot of a lot of his lines funny. And he delivers them awesome. Like he's a good, he's a good actor. So 100%. Jerry, yeah. if you're listening, come on the yeah. pod this summer. So I wanted to call out one line that isn't one of my favorite quotes, but is worth exploring because uh, I realized something in doing a, my research for this episode. So when E is grilling Vince about the walk to remember incident in the parking lot after they do their scuba lesson, yeah. he goes, did production get shut down? And Vince goes, did they shut down production? Oh, yeah. They did shut down production. The crew ate bad clams. Now, this bad clams callback is an homage to an incident that happened on the set of James Cameron's greatest movie to date, Titanic. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I I I thought that was just a clear, obvious lie. So I didn't know that was like a real thing, maybe. I mean, it, it might be a lie coming out of Vincent Chase's mouth in the plot of the show, but I think this line is in the episode as an homage to... On August 8th, 1996, when the cast and crew of Titanic were wrapping up shooting in Shearwater, Canada, they had a midnight meal of clam chowder, and it turned out that the clam chowder was spiked with PCP. Oh my god. Wow. Shortly after they ate the meal, people began to feel woozy, some people puked, some people started laughing hysterically, some were crying. James Cameron, who says that he was stabbed in the face with a pen by a crew member... Said that people were moaning, crying, wailing, collapsing on tables and gurneys. The DP led a number of crew down the hall in a highly vocal tonda line. I'm being serious. You can't make this stuff up. They were all hospitalized, 60 people. Fortunately, nobody had any long-term injuries or death. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I never knew that. And that's clearly what they're referencing because, I mean, they're talking about Cameron and... You know they're they're very in tune with Hollywood. Obviously, yep. they have a million references. So I guess that's just for the insiders, which you are now, man. Uh, hey, man, I'm the entourage insider. I did a lot of <laughs> shit. I did a lot of flat from people for not catching every reference on the show. Oh, so God. I'm trying to step my game up, guys. Everyone who's listening, <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of extra googling, spend a little bit of extra time on the IMDb pages. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a good musical episode in Entourage in a while, but this episode has such good songs in it. Yeah. I like, well, they're playing the game when um, mm-hmm. they're in the car and Vince is on the date. Dreams. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought that was like kind of set up that they're just like, I don't know. It, it felt like good to, to for them to be chilling to that in the car while the most awkward fucking date of all time is going inside. And that album had just been released at the time. I remember yeah. because I was in high school and I listened to that album. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one, which was, I mean, maybe we could talk about things that wouldn't be happening in 2019 is the Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Yes. Um, when drama, right? That's Limp Bizkit, right? When drama yep, great going, stuff. Yeah, just crushing the car. I mean, it goes well with the scene, but it's it's just funny because even at the time, it was like Limp Bizkit was probably not in anymore, right? I mean, when when did that song come out? Like early two thousands? No, I think it was like 99. late nineties. Yeah. yeah. And I also like that they included like some Clash and the Eagles as the final yeah. song after Vince gets in the car after this his date with Mandy. He goes, "She was right. It's awkward." Get her off the movie. I like that. 
For everyone who's listening, just a quick reminder, we're, we're adding all the songs that Mike and I just discussed to a playlist. It's in the show notes of today's episode. It's called the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah music playlist. It's on Spotify, so go follow that now and listen. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to talk to you again about Fuego Box. Fuego Box is a hot sauce of the month club. They've tested thousands of small batch and craft hot sauces to bring you the tastiest sauces on planet Earth. From hundreds of hot sauces, they find the best of the best and ship them right to your front door. If you go through hot sauce as much as I do, a subscription box is the perfect solution. You can have new varieties shipped to you every month or even every quarter. Your choice, and you can cancel at any time. Try it for yourself at FuegoBots.com and use the code BROBIBLE10 for $10 off your first subscription order. That's FuegoBots.com, the code BROBIBLE10 for $10 off your first subscription order. Okay, let's talk about celebrity cameos. There's really only two in this episode, one quite bigger than the other. So who do you want to talk about first, Mandy Moore or Dr. Joyce Brothers? Let's go with, let's save Mandy Moore. Let's save her? Okay, so let's talk about Dr. Joyce Brothers. Wait, who is Dr. Joyce Brothers? Am I supposed to know who that is? It's the old woman in the supermarket. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't know who she was either. I just assumed she was like some sort of columnist, sex therapist type person that was popular in the 90s. And that's exactly what she is. She was an American psychologist, television personality, and columnist. She wrote a daily newspaper advice column from 1960 to 2013. She wrote a daily advice column for 55 fucking years. That's nuts. Like, I mean... She's like Dr. Ruth, right? Wasn't that what Dr. Ruth was all about? I think she's like an early iteration of Dr. Ruth. I mean, you could tell when drama's talking to her that she's like a real person. Yeah, totally. It just was a little random and I think confusing because I guarantee you even then I didn't know who she was. Right. You just got the feeling like, oh, she's probably somebody. Dr. Brothers? Yes. Hi, I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. This is kind of embarrassing, but sometimes I wake up in the morning fully tempted. Any advice? Well, at your age, consider yourself lucky. My age? How fucking old do you think I am? Yeah, and then I was looking for other... I didn't see anybody else. I guess you said there's not, right? Other than Mandy Moore. Yeah, so just these two. A little light on the cameos. But, I mean, Mandy Moore, she's kind of like a... She's a combination of, like, new character to the show and celebrity Mm. cameo. Mandy Moore was kind of perfect for this. Like, people don't like the Mandy Moore episodes because of what it does to Vince and does to the dynamic of the crew. But in terms of actresses for this role, it kind of made sense. First off, she looks really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> when you see great. her. But like she had released a an album like a couple of years before this in 2000. It went platinum. She had a song that was on the top 100 charts. She had just gotten done doing The Princess Diaries in 2001, A Walk to Remember in 2002, and Saved. Saved. Yeah, that was a good movie. Great movie. Yeah. So, like, this is legitimately, as her, like, star is rising, is when they taught her for this cameo and entourage and this kind of role as uh, Aqua Girl or whatever she may be. Yeah. So it, it made sense why Cameron would have cast her, why she would have been in the show, and why she would have been dating Vince. So for all those reasons, I like her. And people, yeah, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, people people don't like those episodes because what it does to Vince. But it's like, it's not her fault. It's like it's like when your friend's dating a girl and then he turns into a fucking loser who never goes out. And you're like, oh, I hate that girl. It's like, well, your friend's being a fucking loser. He can leave the house. Like, he, Vince turns into a fucking nugget or whatever he is. Like, I don't know what his problem is. I mean, I'm not looking forward to revisiting his behavior in, like, the last two episodes yeah. of the season when he's heartbroken and, like, laying on the floor. I mean... <laughs> I think we've all been there. Mike, have yeah. you been there? Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess it's just like, 
it's just a little harder because he's like, oh, I'm going to walk away from this movie. Spoiler alert. I'm going to walk away from this movie. And yep. you're like, dude, just suck it up. Like, <laughs> suck it up. Suck but it I up for the tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> I Part of this show that makes me mad, and I know I shouldn't because it's just like a fun show, is like anytime he turns down a job, like I just, I'm like yelling at the screen. I'm like, dude, do it. Do it. Yeah, it's just you know it's hard to separate because you know I'm like yeah I'm going to a fucking non-union Lowe's commercial that pays eight hundred bucks <laughs> so you know what I mean it's just I gotta I gotta separate that's a me thing I need therapy you know what I mean no yeah but like and that's understandable and and I would understand from a working actor like yourself why seeing him just like brush off million dollar <laughs> offers to do like a thirty thousand dollar indie back in Queens with his buddies like is is frustrating yeah it's like I, I find myself si- siding with Ari and I'm like I don't know if I'm supposed to be siding with Ari the whole time. But there's an interesting dynamic in season one where, where Ari says to him a couple times, like, listen, man, if you're going to knee-tap yourself like this, I'm out. Like, find a new agent. He, mm-hmm. he kind of draws the line in the sand a few times in season one. Yeah. And it really doesn't change until Vince is Aquaman and is the biggest movie star in the world, yeah. which, spoiler alert, is going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then, and then look, I don't care if you're not, if you're turning down work here and there. But I was just like, yo, you want this house? It's your second movie or third movie, like... <laughs> Do the $4 million movie, but you know, yeah, that's easily. just me turning into a goddamn old man. I don't know what's wrong with me, you know? <laughs> tr- I mean, they're trying to show that he has ted- integrity, a vision, and he wants to do like what he's passionate about. But at some point or another, I think in every actor and entertainer creative's lives, you take the paycheck yeah. because it's a lot of fucking money. And you're, he's supporting three guys, <laughs> yeah. you know? He's like the breadwinner there. Yeah, totally. Think of your friends, Vince. I know. <laughs> Every week I try to do a Faces in the Crowd award for people who may just pop up who you're like, who's, where's he from? Or where, where's that actress from? I recognize her. There's actually two in this episode. Um, so the scuba instructor, the uh, Navy SEAL, the actor's name is Dale Dye. Now, e, you ought not to sweat this small stuff. I have revived people on seven continents and never lost them. Actually, I did lose one, but that was in Antarctica, and I blame it on the cold. Now get your gear, let's go. That actor, I keep saying actor, but he's not an actor. He is a Marine who served in Vietnam in 1965 and 1967 through 1970. He survived 31 major combat operations. He received a Bronze Star for Valor and three Purple Heart Medals for wounds suffered in combat. He spent 13 years as an enlisted Marine, and he rose to the rank of Master Sergeant. He's served on film and television sets as a performer trainer for research planning, staging, and on-set advisory for military scenes on Platoon, Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, The Pacific, and all the Medal of Honor video games. That dude's Damn. a fucking badass. He and, and now that you say that, like he's like the woman who's like, oh, that seems like that person. Like he he seems like, yeah, he's that guy who just like and you're like, hey man, I want to act? He's like, Yeah, I'll do whatever. Like, I'll just be myself. And he's he, yep. he's great. Yeah, do I have to do anything other than yeah. be like a hard ass military dude? Yeah. They're like, no, just yell at these pretty boys. But that line he delivers is funny. Yeah. Wow, that's a good pull. The other faces in the crowd is while Ari's getting his spray tan and his hair styled for his 40 under 40 uh, photo shoot, the hair stylist is Jose Abair. I'm sure I'm butchering that name. He is a famous celebrity hairstylist. He created the most influential looks of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. His first celebrity clients were Farrah Fawcett, Cher, and Elizabeth Taylor. So, kind of cool. Like, not, no one would know that, but you kind of get the vibe with his like cowboy hat and his long hair that he long made hair me guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, what what great hair, dude! That guy had great hair. I mean, if you got hair like that, other people are going to be like, "Yeah, make mine like you know what I mean. Make mine shine like yours, dude." <laughs> 
outfits haven't aged well. This aired in 2005. It's 2019. Did any outfits jump out at you as being particularly cringeworthy? I mean, drama's like all get up in the first half. He's like wearing, you know, like gym pants or whatever, which are fine, I guess. But then he has like this red sleeveless Nike, like breathable shirt. (laughs) And it's just like, I don't know when, I guess that was in at some point. It's just so funny. Like that would never, never be worn today. I mean, I can get away, I can get, you know, get away with the pants, but, um, and then my other question is, I mean, Turtles has got like 15 layers on. I mean, sure. so this episode, I'm trying, I'm kind of looking at everybody. Like, what's the temperature supposed to be? Because yeah, that's a everybody seems like they got a lot of layers on this episode. Well, unbeknownst to people who don't spend a lot of time in California, even though you're in Malibu at the beach, you're still like on a cliff and the yeah. Pacific Ocean is there. So like, it's warm in Malibu, but it's not warm all the time. Like that right. Pacific breeze picks up and it plunges the temperature 20 30 degrees i don't know i, I don't know if i sound like a douchebag right now but like, <laughs> that's really like the fact of the matter i got married in big sur just north of there and like yeah. it was nice out and sunny and it was on the ocean but it was still like 68 75 degrees at the most so i mean it makes sense and i guess you just think like oh southern california it's going to be super hot it just struck me as funny because turtle legit had on like 10 layers he was wearing like his Nick stuff that he looked yep. like he was getting on the E train or something when in like the middle of the winter. Um, and then I looked around and everyone else kind of had layers on too. It was probably just cold when they were shooting. It was probably like 55 degrees or something. 100%. And I know for a fact, they shoot most of these scenes like at the hotel at the beginning of the episode, they shoot those really early in the morning before yeah. these places open. So most entourage scenes you see in restaurants and nightclubs, they're actually being shot at like six, seven, eight AM. So like, yeah. it's probably cold. The actors are probably exhausted and right. you know, they just want to be warm. So good, good catch though. Any references like that seemed really outdated to you? There were quite a few to me, to be honest. I liked how they keep referencing the walk to remember incident, Yeah. which watching that now people are like, what the fuck is walk to remember? It was a big movie back then. It yeah. was one of these teen date night, man. That's a date movie when you're in high school. Oh yeah. That's a invited girl into your mom's basement movie. Yeah. It gets teary though. There's some there's some sad shit happening there. Oh yeah, I'm trying to like she gets leukemia and they like get married. I'm sorry, I'm spoiling this movie, but Spoil- they get like married at the end and they're like 16 years old or something. And she fucking dies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the first Nicholas Sparks novel that became the first of many Nicholas Sparks novels to become movies. It's a weird movie too. Like she dies, but it's sad. But you're like, oh, that's so nice. And then they have the funeral. You're like, no, bitch, a 17 year old just died. <laughs> like this is sad. But Mandy Moore has some great songs in it. And again, Mandy, I love you. Didn't mean to say anything bad about you. You're a great actress. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, that whole soundtrack, like that was like a big thing for a certain group of people, which I guess are teenagers. Uh, when Ari, because um, sometimes I'm like, is that a person when they're they're threatening to kick him out because he's too old? He mentions. Uh, Patrick Weitzel, and oh. I looked him up, and I guess he's a Hollywood agent. Okay. Um, so, Patrick, if you're listening, I have a script that I want you to read. <laughs> um, I can send it over to you right now. But uh, but it, it, this show must be littered with names like that where you don't know who they are but because they, they, they love all the inside shit like that. And you know what? I do deep dive into every name that's referenced on the show, but if I were to spend this podcast just, like, updating everyone with who everyone is, like, at one point, uh, Shauna's like, why don't you get Lorenzo Lorama uh, or, or whoever on the, uh, as your date. Lorenzo Lamas as your Lorenzo date. Lorenzo Lamas, yes. Like, you know, soap star from the 90s, like, yeah. had a, 
had a reality TV show. He's most known for having like six wives like at different times. Like that's not really worth updating all the listeners to unless yeah, they really like, want to know. Even if you do find like like the one I said, like I'm like, oh, that sounds like somebody. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that's an agent. I'm like, okay, good story, Mike. Like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, it's just like it's probably something for them in the room that they think is funny. Yeah, that's 100%. like an inside joke, as Michael Scott would say. I'd love to be involved in one of those someday. You know what I mean? Like, I if you don't know it, it doesn't do anything for you. Uh, how would this episode be different if it aired today or took place in 2019? Um, well, Vince, they say Vince made a mixtape for Mandy. Um, <laughs> mixtapes, you know, it'd be like a Spotify playlist, maybe. Yep. Um, or I don't know. Do people do that these days? Probably, right? That's an easy thing to do. Yeah. Like a shared, you know what I liked is the the shared playlist. Hey, we'll both add yeah. our favorite songs to this, and then we'll listen to it. That's a real like uh, young thing to do today, I guess. Yeah. I'm 31. What do, they, <laughs> what do really the young, young kids do? <laughs> I'll call up one of my brothers. How do I say that in a non-creepy way? What do the young kids do? Um, <laughs> another thing is, I don't know if this is, you know, they're supposed to be young, but they when they're their shopping cart is hilarious when they're going in the in the yeah. cart. They have a huge handle at Captain Morgan's. Um, which I used to chug in college and when yep. I was younger, but I wonder if they were, if they were 26, 27 now, that would be something a little different. I feel like, yeah, totally. I feel like current day, 2019, they're not like throwing Captain Morgan's in the cool kids cart. It'd be some like cool vodka or some bullshit. I just did this down in Palm desert. I went to Joshua tree this past weekend. Check out the video I put up on. Oh the, yeah. I saw uh, that. Oh, yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but we went like grocery shopping before and as we were like, spending the weekend in the desert and we were like, Ooh, it's hot out. We should just get a nice clear tequila with some soda yeah. water. We don't need yeah. all those extra calories, all that extra sugar in our stomach. It was like a very like 30 year old thing <laughs> to do. <laughs> that's so, that's what I do now. And it's so fucking dangerous because you're just like chugging that because you're like, Oh, I'm just hydrating myself. And then an hour later, you're just, you know, pissing in a corner somewhere. Yeah. You're like, this is not good. It's and it's one thirty in the afternoon. And it's one thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> it just gives you such false confidence. Those, those vodka sodas. It truly does. God damn it! I want one right now. It sounds so good though. Well, you were having a drink earlier when we were talking. I right? was. What, yeah, I, I have, I'm having a little whiskey right now. Nice. I love it. Yeah. I really want to have an episode of this where I'm just blasted with someone else. Maybe for <laughs> one of the one of the marijuana heavy episodes, we'll do a high yeah, episode. Man, high. I'll lose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Man, people will turn it off so quickly. <laughs> Um, and then I think that's, I mean, I don't know if is there anything that you think that wouldn't like hang in 2019. Well, when turtle and drama are sitting in the sitting in traffic on the PCH and turtles oh. like hiding his joint from the tops. No, like... I wrote that down too. I forgot to say <laughs> that. Yeah, that's that, definitely. Marijuana is completely decriminalized. The tops would just be like, Hey, be careful. That's what they and would you, do if they pulled them and, over. And you know, turtles, the kind of guy who would, who would like flaunt it. He'd be like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and I also so yeah. think like them rushing to this audition, Turtles like, I'm driving like a champ right now. I mean, they would have used Google Maps, gotten off the PCH and taken side streets. Yeah. They wouldn't have just sat there in traffic. However, yeah. it is hard to get off the PCH. There aren't a lot of exits. Right. <laughs> um, all right. We've talked about them enough. What was your favorite Johnny drama moment from this episode? I'll start. Um, yeah, go ahead. So when Rufus is over at the house installing the home <laughs> theater system. Yeah, Rufus, thanks for doing this so quick. Yeah, it was nothing. I just repoed all the shit out of Don Johnson's house anyway. Yeah, that motherfucker tried to pay me with signed Nash Bridges DVDs. <laughs> Season three, episode seven, me and Cheech. Enjoy. It's just yeah. what you mentioned before, Mike, with just that those random references to his, like, very erratic history in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And I love it because they, they mention, like, real shows, and then 
as a viewer, because you know he's obviously an actor, the, the, and you're like, wait, was he really on that, or is just a character <laughs> on that? I feel like so many of those happen. Like when he talks about being on Full House and shit, I'm like, he wasn't Stamos's what, like nephew or something? <laughs> Tough guy, nephew. Yeah. Tough guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll pick another another quote. It just kind of summed up his whole thing is when they're in. Um, so before before uh, Vince goes into the date, he's like asking them about like news things he should talk about to sound yep. smart. And you know, Vince uh, drama says something about like just tell you devastated by what's going on in Africa. It says you're up on current events and you're sensitive. So then when he when uh, they cut back when Vince is already in there, they cut back to, to drama. And you know, he has this look on his face like he's been thinking and thinking and thinking. And he goes, Ah, damn! I should have told him about that busload of nuns that fell off that cliff last month. Like he's just like he he can't let it go, and it's just yeah. I think that just encapsulates like the whole episode with him. He's just so good in it, and that's a that's just a great line. It's a nice little point. As soon as Vince left the car, he sat there and like racked his brain yeah. for like other ideas that he could have given Vince. Yeah. Or before he leaves for the date, and Vince comes out and asks the guys what they think of his shirt. A really weird moment. Vince, that shirt dulls the sparkle in your eyes. If I was you, I would go with blue fasonamp. It says, hello, I'm here, and I'm doing fine without you. Nobody even acknowledges that, too. It's just, <laughs> just... Like, so funny. And then Rufus is like, you know, personally, I don't like it. He just like comes out of nowhere with that. It's like, dude, you're in this guy's house. It's so funny. Dude, this is a movie star who, like, yeah, you're just yeah. going to diss him in front of his boys. Like, Although they're kind of they're kind of friends, though, I guess. It's the second time we're seeing him, right? Or third, you know, like we've seen him before. Yeah, it's the second time, and then we see him two more times when he suddenly becomes an auto detailer in season three and four. And his, <laughs> that girl's dad. Yeah. They like, I feel like they casually mention that. I don't know if they do, actually. I feel like he, there is a line... Where he's like, yeah, I'm doing this shit now, but maybe not, maybe not. Maybe. I, I I don't, I never caught it, so it might be something I could go back and find, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> it, doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter. I'll just wait for someone to DM me on Instagram <laughs> to tell me that You'd I got like, it wrong. like, no, dude. <laughs> okay, so every week someone wins the episode, someone besides Vince wins the episode. Who would you say that person was this week? I would say that Johnny Drama won the episode. I agree with and you. I would say, even if Vince was included, I think he he would not be in the mix. Like he I, he lost the episode. Like Vince has yeah. a bad episode. Big L for Vince. Big L for Vince. Like he's like puttering around. He's lying to his best friends, and then at the end, he has to face his old love, who he thinks is single. Um, and then she just throws a fucking rock in his face, and he is like devastated. So he had, he had, he took the L. Uh, drama had a great episode turtle a close second he, he had some choice lines in there yeah i think overall drama like landing the mow like landing the audition even after he had to rush there in, in all of his frustration i think that's what puts him out to, on top as mm. well as all of his hilarious lines like yeah he's the winner a- as is most weeks johnny drama wins this episode <laughs> was this an a-list episode a b-list episode or a d-list episode um i i say a b i think it's fine i think there are just so many better episodes mm-hmm. uh more well-rounded episodes like a b i don't know if we do minuses i give it like a b minus yeah. like it's fine yeah. to me like ari's little storyline is not good and vincent yeah. eric's thing is fine i get why they have to do it but it's just not that entertaining the whole it, it's they they're on them for a long time the turtle, uh, the turtle and um, drama stuff is good. The stuff where the, all the groups together is good. 
So it's good. It's enjoyable, but it's just like middle of the road for me. I agree. I would say B, B minus. I think it also is a timing thing. It comes on the heels of the Sundance Kids, which is an A plus Entourage yeah. episode. And it's it's a week before the episode where they go to Comic-Con, which is also oh, another yeah. like, kind of all-time classic Entourage. So I think it just gets lost in between those two. That girl, uh, the actress from Weird Science. You ever see that TV show? Yep. I remember Weird Science. Yeah. She's that she's the other actress, right? The woman that Johnny Drama like makes out she's with? She's the Viking Quest chick. Yeah. Who, Vanessa something. Angel. Yeah. Vanessa. Yeah. The Angel or whatever. Yes. Yeah. She got the spinoff that went for six seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I spent a lot of Saturday nights with her, you know, just oh, on, yep. on TNT yep. or whatever that but was it TNT, maybe. I don't know. Just the two of you. Just the two of us. Mike, we're coming to an end here. I like to end every episode by asking my guests, who in your life's entourage are you closest to? Oh man, that's a tough question. Like now or ever. I mean, I think that unfortunately, I feel like I have a lot of like E characteristics. We're being like, yeah, come on, like, let's do this. Like, uh, come on, like, let's, like, he's just like kind of a Debbie Downer in the show. And I don't think I'm a Debbie Downer, but I think like I'm one that probably worries more. Yep. Like, if uh, my group of friends is like, yo, let's go here, I'm like, all right, what time are we get in there? Like, what's the thing? What's the, what's the escape plan? Like, what's <laughs> going on? And uh, maybe that's why I'm always yelling at E on camera. Because <laughs> I'm just, reminds- I'm just really yelling at myself. Yep. I'm like, yep. dude, loosen the fuck up. <laughs> I, I want, I mean, you're an actor yourself. I want an actor to come on here and be like, oh, I'm Vince. <laughs> I just want someone to have the self-awareness to be like, yep, all my friends revolve around me. This is like the third or fourth person in a row who said they're E. If I have another person come on and say that they're E, I might have to kill this category because <laughs> I think we all see a little bit of ourselves in E. A uh, little neurotic, a little anxious. Yeah. I think no one's going to say that, well... You might get a Vince. For someone to say they're Vince, that then they're saying like they're just like super laid back and nothing really bothers them, in my opinion. And then they're kind of yeah. like the the guy of the group, which someone may say that. Like no one's going to admit that they're turtle, even though I'm sure a bunch of people you know are turtles. And then totally. drama's kind of in his own category. Now maybe maybe I think any any buddy who tries to act on any level has a bit of drama in them, which is like fucking delusional. Like yeah. showing up to some audition, being like, "Hey, I'm the best guy to." fucking hold this soap like this it's like dude what are you a moron and yes again i'm yelling at myself well mike this has been a lot of fun thank you for joining yeah thanks for having me absolutely it's nice to talk to a fan who's like very clearly super familiar with the show has rewatched it recently and like is on point with their references would love to spend a little bit of time talking about your new pilot maybe any work that you have out there that people can check out where can the listeners of oh yeah oh yeah follow you yeah, so Instagram, uh, Mike Camerlingo, last name C-A-M-E-R-L-E-N-G-O. And then on Twitter, it's M Camerlingo. Uh, so I'll put up all, you know, I put up all my videos, um, stuff I've been working on. I do like a video review series, which you might have seen on Bro Bible. It's where I like recap a movie in 60 seconds like a fucking moron. <laughs> and I just, you know, just let that old school Boston accent rip. And uh, it's pretty entertaining. And then I got other stuff. Uh, yeah, I just had a pilot in the New York TV Festival, and I'm trying to pitch that around right now. It's called if Tro- any Hollywood yeah. producers are listening. <laughs> Guys, listen up. I mean, I've, I've had some good pitch meetings, but I need someone to join me and push this thing through. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so you can find that on my website, MikeCamerlingo.com. It's called 12 Beers, and it's like a romantic comedy, but it's more on the comedic side about a, a couple trying to decide if they're going to break up or not um, by getting very drunk. Awesome. Well, a link to that will be in the show notes of today's episode. So just go in your show notes, click on that. Give Mike to follow. He's fucking hilarious. His videos are A plus funny. I highly recommend it. And Mike, we're definitely going to have you back, hopefully sometime when I'm in New York in the awesome. future. 
Yeah, dude, this is great. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, I've enjoyed listening to it. I'm gonna, I'll keep on listening, and uh, yeah, leave a comment, you fucking freaks. Get this podcast <laughs> going up. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.